0: Okay, everybody. Here we are again. Phil Stevens here on Iron Radio. I'm a strength coach, highland games athlete, power lifter, and I run Strength Field.
1: This is Dr. Mike T. Nelson, owner of Extreme Human Performance, creator of the Flex Diet Cert and the Physiologic Flexibility Cert, and I am currently still in. Costa Rica, I'm on, uh, COVID quarantine here, which I'm sure we'll talk about. <laughs> <laughs>
2: this is, this is Coach Darrell out of Olathe, Kansas City area. So, uh, I own the Strength Guild lifting in this area and coach people on weightlifting, powerlifting, strongman and general strength and conditioning.
0: Me and Darrell are going to the Chiefs game this weekend.
1: Oh, nice! the yeah. playoffs, right?
0: It is. Yep, divisional round of the playoffs. So, who did they play? Buffalo Bills. Oh, a okay. A tough game,
2: but it'll be interesting.
0: Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah, good time. I
2: mean, so. it also starting to warm up. I was thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh, no. it's like, game going to be negative seven or whatever. I know.
0: I know. I went hunting yesterday morning. It was four. It was like, oh man, it's cold.
2: <laughs> oh but yeah.
0: In the forties. So. And we get to hear Nelly play at halftime. That's the only reason I'm going. I got to hear Nelly. (laughs) Oh, wow. uh, They they just announced that yesterday. But Go twice. Exactly. So you got to tell us about Costa Rica, man. So
1: Yeah. So the most recent turn of events is we were scheduled to leave here on Monday. And, you know, like most things, you have to get a, a COVID test to get out, which we knew going in. We looked. Airport has COVID testing. Great. No big deal. Got there early. Dropped off the rental car, got back, no issues, and go through the testing. For some reason, I was, I don't know why, I was just kind of nervous about it. I had a little bit of a cough, but nothing nothing bad. I mean, my temperature wasn't, you know, too high. It was a little bit higher. HRV was kind of wonky, but it had been wonky for like a whole week. Um, I'm like, whatever. I don't, you know, they test my temperature going in. It passed that. Filled all the paperwork, do the antigen test and we're waiting around because they won't even let you in uh, the airport or to book or do anything until you get your test. Jody gets her test. It's negative. Our other friend we're with, she got her test. It's negative. I get mine, and it's positive. (laughs) I'm like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) And my first thought was, well, I know they do PCR testing here. The rapid test for PCR is four hours. There's no way I'm going to make my flight. So I told Jody, I'm like, just – just go check on the flight and just just leave you know i don't know what's going to go on you know yeah i might be stuck here an extra day or so but you have a negative test no one's going to say anything you're not positive so just you know so she left even though yeah. she felt bad about it um so i go back and i'm like hmm i wonder if i could get another antigen test because i texted a buddy of mine just to double check he's like oh yeah like false positives can be up to you know 20 to 42 percent on an antigen test so i'm like well if i can get another test then clearly that shows the first one was a false positive and I'll just, you know, get on my flight and we'll leave. And this is great. And worst case, if they bust me for that, I'll just do a PCR and I'll stay overnight. So I get up there and <laughs> I put my sweatshirt and my hat on, like trying to make it pie the the guy who's screening at the front door. Cause I'm like, I was just here 40 minutes ago. Yeah. He doesn't say anything, passes me on to the next person and they're doing the stuff. And all of a sudden you see her look confused and then you see her leave, which is never good. And then come back with another person I'm like oh no and they're like well you tested positive so you can't do another antigen test I'm like oh okay so I argue with them for about that for a while and I'm like you know can I just do a a PCR test and they're like no you have to come with us you're on quarantine I'm like well wait a minute I I can I'll pay for the other test they like, nope. So they ushered me off into this, like, friggin' Ebola room where there's, like, nobody around. It's, like, in the back of this tent. And long story short, after two hours of talking with them, uh, Costa Rica does not accept any other testing after the first antigen test. Wow. So even if you want to pay for another test, you can't do it. I was actually barred from doing any testing now at the Liberia airport. <laughs> Um, cause your passport gets flagged and they actually put you on a do not fly list. And so I said, well, what, you know, what do I do? They're like, well, you could be on quarantine for at least 10 to 14 days since you don't have symptoms, we'll give you 10 days. I'm like, well, what can I do? They're like, you have to pick a hotel and stay there. I'm like, I have to pick a hotel like right now. They're like, yep. And then they leave you in the room. So Uh I was there for like, I don't know how many people I talked to. And I tried to explain to them like, hey, you know, this, this could be a false positive. Let me do another test. They said, no, we don't recognize that. It's not valid. So I gave them the hotel, the, the, the holiday in the one near the Liberia airport. Cause I'm like, I don't know if I could rent a car. That yeah. was, seemed to be frowned upon. And I asked them, I said, well, do I have to stay in my hotel room the whole time? They're like, yes. Like, mm-hmm. well, what about food? Do I have to get room service or can I, you know, go out to the restaurant that's in the hotel to get food? <laughs> oh no, you can go get food. Oh, okay. Can I can I go for a walk? Uh, Yeah, walking's okay. I'm like, um, can I drive a car to Nicaragua and leave through there? And they gave me a really stern look of like, no, you can't do that. You stay in your room the whole time.
0: <laughs>
1: and I'm like, oh, this is – I never got like a list of rules or anything. So I gave them the hotel there, and they – shove you in a cab and stick you out the back door and it's weird like as soon as you're positive you're treated like you're just like glowing nuclear material or something yeah, with you. um so then I started thinking like oh shit maybe I do have COVID like maybe you know my throat was a little scratchy and the next day I, I had a little bit of nasal stuff which for all I know could have been completely psychosomatic so I had but at this point I basically convinced myself I did have COVID <laughs> yeah and long story short, on that part, I was able to get a, a PCR test, which wasn't easy. And I had to lie and tell them it was for diagnostic purpose and not put a flight on there because I didn't want them to think I'm trying to flee their country.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so I did get it, and turns out it was negative. So mm-hmm. according to the PCR, I, I don't have COVID. <laughs> uh, and at that point, I almost started thinking, maybe I should just run around and start licking doorknobs or give myself yeah. COVID. But I just... <laughs> um. Because I can be, paradoxically, bleeding out of my eyeballs on an oxygen tank when I leave after my time is up, and they won't test me. Like, it's illegal <laughs> for them to test me again. Oh, boy. I'm like, what? Yeah,
0: that's <laughs> so, that's yeah. I'm, well, uh, the original test they did is like the one that's the most faulty, right?
1: Yeah, it's an antigen test. And, you know, depending on the type of the test, you're false positive, meaning it says you're positive, but you're not could be anywhere from twenty to forty two percent. Which is pretty damn high if yeah. you're gonna tell someone you gotta stay in their country for another, you know, ten to fourteen days.
0: And use that as a you can't take another test. Yeah. That's the problem that
1: was so weird to me. Yeah. I'm like, Okay, I get it. It's it's quick, it's fast, you're trying to screen people as they go through. Okay. But, you know, stay another night and, you know, do a PCR test and why would you not accept the P C R test? It's been well reported. It's way more accurate. Yeah. Uh nope. Can't do that. Um the irony is that the lab that tested my P C R test and antigen test was the same lab. Oh <laughs> wow.
0: Yeah. The so. resounding theme to me is when you wrote me and said you were going to Costa Rica. You said you were going there to do Cambo. And Oh I, yeah so I, I looked that, that up. So I looked that up. Uh oh. Don't don't internet search it. <laughs> And it says it's a ceremony that reportedly removes bad luck, and I'm guessing that failed. Oh, yeah, I don't trust that part of it. (laughs) It did work, Mike.
1: Ten days of bad luck if you ever do (laughs) it. Yeah, so initially I came down here. Uh, We've been here before many times, and I love Costa Rica. It's an awesome, amazing place. Uh, so we came down here last year, and then this year, the people I work with at the Special Forces Experience, uh, they're working on a documentary series on post-traumatic growth. Mm-hmm. We've all heard of you know, post-traumatic stress disorder, post-traumatic stress, PTSD, PTS, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but some people, when they're exposed to a massive stressor, they actually see a dramatic amount of growth afterwards. So why is that? Are there things we can, uh, maybe do training wise or nutrition wise, lifestyle wise, um, to bias people maybe in that direction? So they were originally going to come to Minnesota and do some filming <clears throat> and they had two interviews left to do and they're like, well, why don't we just go to Costa Rica? It's going to cost us, you know, just as much and no one really wants to come to friggin' Minnesota in the winter, which I can't say I blame them at all. Um, so we uh, rented a house down here for the first part of the trip. Uh, I did like five hours of interviews with them, which was great, beautiful backdrop and everything. And then we went to a place called uh, Combo Casita, which was run by uh, Nadine. And so we did a daime ceremony. So daime is a form of ayahuasca. It's from the Church of Santo Daime, and they just use the vine and the shrub. Uh, they don't really use any other additives or anything else to it um, if you do ayahuasca especially in different countries it can be you know kind of whatever the local person there puts in it in addition to uh, just the main two components so we did that the one night which was interesting to say the least as it always is um, Had the next day off and then we did uh, the combo ceremony the day after that and for that part they also do uh, some uh, rape the so rapé is a specific type of tobacco that they literally uh, blow up your nose. So we did that before each ceremony, and oof, that was quite an intense experience too. I think part of it still lodged between the hemispheres of my brain. It was
0: like <laughs>
1: that's that far up, and oh man, just makes it pretty intense. Uh, your eyes water. You can have even just kind of weird colors and stuff just from that. And then they also did something called sananga. Which are these, uh, Brazilian eye drops. We had done this like the previous year too. And it wasn't too bad, but I was, you know, watching the, the combo type stuff go down in the morning. I was like the fifth person to do it. I'm seeing people just have like this crazy reactions to these eye drops and you know, even just crying, almost like traumatic type stuff. And I'm like, what? It wasn't that bad last year. And they were it's just the weirdest feeling to have like your eyes be burning and then have like a weird full body, just bizarre, almost like psychedelic sensation. And it turns out, I guess these particular ones she used are also have something called iboga in it, which is also a psychedelic. It's originally from uh, Africa. And I asked her, I said, well, the ones last year weren't this intense. She's like, Oh, yeah. Well, these are from the Brazilians we got them from. They had them custom-made, and they don't fuck around. These are a lot <laughs> stronger. Yeah. That was crazy. And then for the combo ceremony, they take, like, the small little – it's basically kind of like it looks like a little twig, and they just burn the very outside part of your skin, okay. and then they place this combo, which is a, a peptide that's scraped off of a frog, which I know <laughs> sounds even better. And then they can place it in different areas, so it, it does enter the bloodstream, primarily the lymph system. It's supposed to be helpful for skin stuff, some histamine, possibly inflammation. Um, the research on it is, like, really, really split, but a lot of pharmaceutical companies are trying to patent some of the different peptides and stuff that are in it. Um, most of the research right now is just identified, I think there are up to, like, 50 different peptides that, that are in it. And it kind of burns, doesn't feel real good. You definitely have like a, a heated kind of presser response to it where you can feel your body getting super warm and you can feel like this wave of pressure kind of come all the way up. And at the very end, the world kind of looks like you're looking through a, a pinhole type thing. So, um, but yeah, but all those went went great and were, uh, were super useful until I tried to leave.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it says the secretions of a giant monkey frog. Frogs are dangerous, Mike. That's one of those things out there. It's like eating mushrooms. Yeah, that's you. You don't do that shit unless you got somebody who knows what they're talking about. So. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, you know, especially I did this last year here, too. And, you know, last year, even in this year, it's, oh, man, like, most of last year, probably for the first half of the ceremony, I just sat there and went, Wow. I mean, it was 11. Last year was more intense than this year, just from some of the people and stuff we had. And I did a whole podcast on it if you want to listen to it. But after it was over, I was just like, wow, that was intense. I'm glad yeah. I did it. And yeah, holy shit. Could there be so many things that could just go horribly wrong? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: <sighs> yeah. There's like I said, there's two things that I won't mess with in nature. it's Frogs and mushrooms. <laughs> because I cannot identify the right ones. So. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Especially the mushrooms. If you don't know what you're doing, it's yeah. uh, no, no good. Yeah. So. But ah. uh, yeah, went well. I mean, if people are interested in that, I would definitely do your research. Spend a lot of time trying to find, you know, someone who who does it. I I don't understand how they. I won't name any names, but other places will do you know ayahuasca ceremonies with like forty or fifty people at once i that just yeah. boggles my mind that
2: just mm-hmm. seems so bizarre <laughs> so was this was that stuff associated or connected with what you're trying to do with the uh uh post traumatic growth stuff
1: yeah, or it's related right so if you think <laughs> about um people that have p t s d the easiest way I've tried to explain it to, to lay people is that they're just stuck, right? Like, it, like, even when I've done just manual muscle testing, like, nothing seems to test real well. Their progress in lifting is meh, okay, at best. Um, there's not a real lot of high emotions. There's not a lot of really low emotions. They it, it just seem like they're a car that just went off the road and got stuck in the ditch. And I think... At that point, if you're actually there, yeah, you can do some long-term things over time and do a lot of reps and do therapy and those things. I think they can definitely work, and there's you know 100% of time and a place for that. But that's kind of a, a low-intensity, long-duration approach. I think the other option is something that is a high-intensity but highly controlled, or at least as best as you can control it, um, to kind of – get the car back on the road, and then you can try to start driving it again and continue doing the integration and the therapy. Um, so one of the possible things for that would be uh, like ayahuasca. Um, they have used Iboga a little bit, although we didn't talk as much about that. Um, and obviously they're using uh, MDMA for PTSD. Uh, hopefully that will be approved in the U.S. maybe next year, probably the year after, I would say, if it's my guess. Um, so there are other different types of therapies, I think, that can uh, be useful, right? So MDMA is, I mean, the common term is ecstasy. And I think that's useful when it's done in a therapy session because you're not having as much of the fear response as you're kind of going through it again. So I think it gives you an opportunity to rewire that experience in a different light. So I think some of these different therapies are just applying a big stressor to the body to get you back on the road. But again, that the downside with any of those approaches is it's just like lifting, right? Whenever you're gonna go for one RM, like if you make it, great, you're significantly better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a huge potential for a lot of shit to go wrong then too. And again, it doesn't mean that that's bad or you should never do it. It's just you wanna make sure all your eyes and are dotted and all your Ts are crossed before you go into it.
2: Is this a is this like a consistent uh, or not consistent, but, like, something that you have to repeat? Or is it, like, one sharp experience and then you, you know, take some time off or whatever and then come back to it again or whatever until it, you're um, on the other side of it? Or is it something that you just do, like, you just do one thing and that's that?
1: I think it depends on the <clears throat> individuals. Um The people well, I've like, seen, <laughs> uh, you know, probably need a couple treatments, I would guess, but that's not always the case either. Um, I think one of the biggest issues is, you know, chronic, you know, omnicontextual pain is very similar. Uh, I get very, very worried about people when they feel like they don't have any leverage left, right? They feel like I've tried everything. Nothing seems uh-huh. to be make any difference. Um, when you feel like you're kind of running out of hope and you're trying to do things that's not responding, you know, that makes me very nervous and obviously there's, you know, high suicide rates with PTSD, yeah. etc. Um so I think it's a way of getting a message and a direction and then also kind of helping you move in that direction. Um for some people, you know, once may be enough and they're back on the road and they're driving and everything is good. You know, some people may need a little bit more of a correction over time as they go. Um but either way, the the compounds do have Different effects, both uh, psychologically and physiologically, that can be beneficial. Um, but again, it's nothing that's going to do all the work for you, right? I think of it as if you have a good coach and training program. Like no one's really ever going to lift the weights for you, right? You're always going to have to put in the time and effort to do it. And this is kind of similar. I like, think it can definitely help you. Can give you a direction. <coughs> you, feel like you know what you're doing. You can start to see progress again. But you know, you still still got to do the work, and that's yeah. always the hard part. And I don't think there's ever going to be any way around that. Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of hard to explain unless you've, you know, experienced it. And there's again, some interesting research on it. And, you know, if I look back and, you know, tried to explain this to 10 years ago, me, I'd be like, what the fuck are you
0: doing?
1: (laughs) 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 Because on the outside, it just, it just seems so crazy. Drugs
2: used to be fun. Now it's medicine. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things too where none of it's really a fun experience, right? Like no one's signing up to go, yeah, let me do that again just for fun. <laughs> yeah, you know? Know. So from that aspect it's uh yeah. No I wouldn't I wouldn't ever really call it fun. It's probably everything but. Um uh, but again I think can be can be useful. And the other part was that you know, if I'm out there talking about these things as a, an option, obviously working with qualified practitioners, I didn't want to say, you know, hey, you know, the research says this, you should go do it. You know, a lot of the research is still very incomplete because you know a lot of the compounds have been scheduled one and federally legal for a long time. And at least wanted some experience also to see, you know, kind of what it what it feels like at least for myself. I don't, I don't think I have PTSD per se. You know, obviously I've had traumas in the past. Everyone's had stuff that's happened to them. Um so experience it on different levels I think is useful also.
2: Yeah. I okay, guess so what was it, so what was your uh from a feel like a feels perspective, what was your takeaway experience from it this time? Besides, this time
1: like, was I wasn't going into it like last year I probably went have you ever done something where a year later you look back and you went, Whoa, that was way more intense than I thought it was at the time. Yeah, that was <laughs> yeah. kind of my experience doing five glasses last year. Uh. <laughs> And basically having the vision of just sitting on the beach, hanging out with my wife going, oh, we're going to go kiteboarding. Oh, we're kind of on the right path. And then being stuck in what my buddy Rick called the eternal now for what felt like four years, just watching it on repeat. So that was my experience last year. Um, this was a little bit more mellow. So kind of going into it, I was thinking I tried to simplify it just into a couple words to repeat. You know, just like any time you do something very stressful, if you're trying to memorize multiple things, it's not going to really go well, right? Just, you know, cues, what is the most simple cue you can give someone? So the cues that are the directions I was using, one of them was just the word direction, and then the other one was just the word love. And about, yeah, like an hour and a half into the ceremony, I was like, oh, oh, so love is the direction. Oh, that's so simple. (laughs) I'm like, wow, that's interesting. Oh, can I get off the ride now? It's like, no, you can't get off the ride now. <laughs>
2: it sounds <laughs> so like, gotta, a, gotta, a gotta go on for
1: another four to five hours after that, and you know, oh, I didn't
0: last that long. Oh yeah,
1: it's it's pretty much all night. Uh, I mean, I didn't sleep at all. I didn't expect that I was going to sleep, Um but it's yeah, it, it's also interesting to have a lot of. At least for me, when I do it, I have a lot of empathy at that point. Um, And I remember thinking that, wow, I wonder if there's people walking around like this all the time. This would be exhausting. (laughs) (laughs) You have all these sort of different little thoughts that that kind of float in and and float out at the same time. But that was a big takeaway for me. Um, At the time, I was like, well, Maybe I should try a little more. And, you know, a little voice in your head's like, no, that would be a very bad idea. I'm like, okay, I'm good.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, it seems like any kind of the psychedelics that are coming up now, if one would think that the second time doing it, you'd come into it with a better understanding and a little more relaxed. Yeah. Which would cause the experience to be better. You know, if you come into it like, well, it's like you said with lifting. Like, if I come into a max attempt and I'm, like, scared and freaking out a bit, there's a good chance things are going to go bad. Mm -hmm. Whereas if you come into it, okay, here we go, Uh, the experience itself is going to probably be better.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that. (laughs) Again, just based on my extremely limited limited experience. experience. And last year, more or less, I didn't know anything of what to expect last year. And so I was kind of... Waiting for something to happen, which, as it turned out, was probably a good thing because I got to see everybody else's experience. Yeah. Um. Then still had stuff happen to me, just you know, super, super late. Uh, where this year I was more relaxed because I I knew the person doing it. I knew that you know a lot of the people were the same people again. I knew the location. I had at least some idea what may happen, or a little bit more of the options. So I felt like I could actually relax a little bit and didn't have to be so hyper aware to make sure everyone else is safe and make sure they're, you know, doing well. And so I could just kind of be, be more relaxed with that aspect of it for sure.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Fun times. Now you're stuck there. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So now I'm here till Friday. Um, I've sent a note in again about my appeal. I found the right person to appeal to, but they, it's day three of them not answering me. So <sighs> and I'm also a little worried because they have to provide me paperwork in order for when I can leave. So I guess after 10 days, I'm technically off the no-fly list, but I'm still banned from the airport without paperwork. Gotcha. So they process the paperwork I found out uh, overnight, and so I won't get that until the next day. Gotcha. But if I don't get that paperwork, I'm here until whenever they decide to give it to me.
0: See, but then you have to test again, right?
1: I don't. I don't have to test again, oh, okay. which is so weird. So I could show up <laughs> at the airport with an oxygen tank bleeding out of my eye holes, and they can't test me.
0: I was going to say, that'll suck if you pop false negative again, or false positive again. I, oh, yeah,
1: I yeah. did <clears throat> I did ask him about that. Um, it turns out once you have a false positive, I guess you can almost use that as sort of your get-out-of-jail-free card in a lot of countries for up to 90 or 180 days, I guess. Okay. Oh, cool. Even though I know mine's... Probably a false positive. <laughs> yeah.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest. That sounds silly on any account to be like, if, especially if you use that kind of test, because then it just gives people like that false confidence. And if you're trying yeah. to, you know, yeah, you know, that is kind of weird. But.
1: Yeah, and the funny part is, like, I, I emailed the U.S. Ambassador, embassy, and they're like, "No, nope, it's Costa Rica issue. We can't do anything." Uh, and I'm like, "But I'm trying to leave their country." Right. I'm not trying to stay here. I'm trying to get into the U.S. Yeah. Right. So when I read the rules, I read them wrong because I saw worst case, if you get a false positive, my assumption was you could take another test. There wasn't anything in there saying that you could not test again. And I read the U.S. restrictions, which can be only five days Mm -hmm. um, because I thought, well, we're flying back into the U.S. It'd be governed by the U.S. They don't want people coming back in. If you're positive, I get it. Um But it turns out because you're in Costa Rica, even though you're trying to leave Costa Rica, it's whatever policy they decide for uh. Costa Rica, which
0: is just yeah. so weird. <laughs> well, at least you won't be stuck there for like three years. Like, I've taken 23 tests and they all came up positive. I'm still here. <laughs> still here. That's what I was figuring. I was like figuring you had to take another test and like, oh, what if it happens again?
1: No, so no more testing. So as long as I get my paperwork, I'm, I should be good, I hope, which again was a bummer. I apologize to everyone who went to the neurosports conference this past weekend. I was supposed to give a talk there on Saturday and yeah, obviously wasn't there. Or wait, (laughs) what is today? Oh, my talk's today. Sorry. We're recording this on Saturday, but we'll listen to this afterwards. So
0: Yeah. yeah. Wow. So what else is going on? Anything I have anything no exciting? idea what's going on. Yeah, Get Mike's on lost over
2: there. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, oh. I look. I just started looking into this, see what was going on with the Arnold stuff after we talked last time. Um, They're still like, doing
1: it, right?
2: It's going on this year, from what yeah. I know
0: of. It's going to be a just from my limited experience. At least the expo is not going to be what it normally is because a lot of people just after the last two years, especially twenty twenty when they canceled it, like, three days out, a lot of those vendors are like, screw you, we're not coming. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which I can't blame them. Um, Because with me dealing with a lot of them, um, they ate a big bullet on that. Because, Mm -hmm. like, we shipped all their stuff there. You have to pay for the Arnold to sort it out. And then... Then we had to just turn around and ship it back, and they made you pay for them to unsort it.
1: Oh. And,
0: like, you had to, yeah. So everybody ate a big chunk of money, and they're all like, we're not doing it again. Um, especially in today's climate, because who knows if they're going to do that again. You know, we might yeah. get to March, and they're like, never mind, not happening. Yeah. Know, three days out.
1: Or they so. just do the events, and they shut down the expo, and they're back exactly. in the same spot. And they're or back or in forth. the same
0: spot again, and they're losing thousands of dollars. So um yeah, and a lot of these people, the bad thing was last time, a lot of these people, my biggest client didn't. It was the first year we didn't. Normally we print things and make items that that say like Arnold 2020. Oh. Luckily he did not, my largest client. So we lucked out. We were still but a Ooh. lot of people were stuck with stuff that said Arnold 2020 and mm. like and there was no Arnold 2020. <laughs> so they didn't just lose their shipping and stuff. They had all this gear that was just useless. Uh, uh, but that's that's the extent that I know. I haven't looked into it much. I know I'm probably not going because m- normally I go to for that reason. You know, hang out with everybody, make sure everything's yeah. going good, drag Windler out of his house, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> things like that. But uh,
2: yeah, what did you find out, girl? Yeah, I mean, so weightlifting is, so they're doing, uh, the, the, like the AO series is, is that me all the time. And so they shifted this to the university nationals, which I do understand now, but because they want to keep it during the school year. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of a pain in the ass, like, cause it was everything last year was that one, just the one week in Vegas with the exception of master's nationals. Cause mm-hmm. they're, and there was an opportunity for that to be every, we were, we were so close to just having everyone at one meet, you know, one national meet and then three AO series, which would have been like, you know, kind of a a stepping stone meet, which I think I, I like those stepping stone qualifying meets because it gives people the, the experience of, you know, like a national meet. Um, so I do like the AO series idea and like having a small, like a lower qualifying total, and then getting to go to play around with the, uh, you know, expensive equipment and stuff and see what the, in the bright lights and all that stuff. Um, but they moved the University Nationals to, to this, to the Arnold. Um it's still gonna be the AO Series 1, I think. Uh, there is an interesting one, I think, I think it's coming back this year, so COVID's messed everything up, but where it's like the, it's like North American, AO Series, so it's, like, Canada and U.S., uh-huh. Uh which is, like, kind of a brand-new thing. Like, they used to do it at the Arnold, actually, where they would do U.S. versus, like, uh, some Pan Am or Canadian. Mm-hmm. And so they would have – and then they would have, a, like, a – I would say, like, a demo pro lifter. Like, so I remember Cloacob was at the Arnold – once, like, he lifted, like, in the, in the Arnold is, like, a, for, like, a demo thing. Like, didn't score, like, a total necessarily, but they put him into the meet. Which, I thought that stuff, like, I think that stuff would probably help weightlifting more than anything. Like, yeah. just, you know, pay some lifters to come lift at, you know, the bigger meets, and it just kind of makes it fun, especially if you're in that weight class, then it's like, oh, you get to share a platform with, you know, Ilya yeah. or whatever. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I, I'm not sure how it's going to pan out. Which who, whoever knows in thing like it's different every year. I feel like, yeah, like it just changes all the time. I guess powerlifting is probably worse, particularly if since the U.S. got kicked out of the IPF. But mm-hmm. or yeah. U.S.A.P.L. got kicked out of the IPF, right?
0: Yeah, for testing too much.
2: Too much Jeez. testing.
0: <laughs> no good. <laughs> so most thing
2: in the world. <laughs> yeah.
0: uh, but. I might have to go. I'm looking at the schedule here, and foosball is on Saturday. And Whoa. I should, I should probably go watch that. For real? Um, yeah, foosball. Wow. Yeah, apparently there's foosball in the, the Arnold now. So. Hmm. But this is fun. They'll as...
1: start taking all the sports the Olympics kicked out.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting, <laughs> man. This whole thing, they did themselves no favors. With the way they handled everything, I'm going to be interested in see how many people show up compared to normal. Um, I have to feel there's a lot of people that came from overseas that are pissed too, because at that one, like they had all arrived. Yeah, they were there last year. Yeah, all your international. Yeah, all your international people like were already there, and then it's just like, okay, it's done, and so they're like, I went. And so they just had tons of shit going on all over town. Everybody just went to they booked gyms and did seminars and things like that. They're like, okay, you're canceled. We're just going to go ahead and make it happen.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, rightly so, but um, yeah, it's, actually, it's kind of hilarious in the in the, like in the COVID you know stuff because it's like, all right, you didn't you didn't accumulate tons of people after the expo, but all these but people they were went, all over like, town. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they yeah, they filled up all, all your bars and
0: gyms. Yeah. So, like, you <laughs> kind of funny, nothing. But... So, yeah, it was crazy, but.
2: Yeah, just as a kind of linking on to that, like, I, I have had that question in Jim, which is, like, why why are lifting sports, or particularly, like, weightlifting, either not not interesting enough or not, or where we keep getting kicked out of, like, the Olympics and stuff like that? Like, what the mechanics, like, why we are getting kicked out of the Olympics and why, you know, powerlifting and sports like that actually don't make it. Where the the wave has been like, you know, they they dropped weightlifting and added like skateboarding and something else mm-hmm. like, as official ones. So I had that had that question, like the the why's behind it. So uh, I'd be curious to hear what you guys actually think about the just from a you know your perspective on like why the Olympics is dropping sports like that, even like wrestling, some of the like original sports. And what they're trying to move towards. The wrestling
0: one makes no sense to me. Because when you go to like the local state games here, like wrestling is by far the biggest. Um, There are so many people, not just in the United States, around the world that are involved in that sport. I can understand weightlifting and stuff a little bit more. Because it just doesn't, it just flat out will never draw
2: the crowds that the bigger sports will. Yeah, so it's, it's like um, an entertainment perspective, right? Like, so yes, viewership. like
0: if they're looking for viewership, it kind of makes sense. I mean, how many people really log in to watch weightlifting besides weightlifters? Yeah, not many. But there's a ton of people that have their kids in wrestling, um, and they so it gets a tons of views. But I mean, that's where I would lean on as to why. Like, I think there probably are more people that watch skateboarding than than weightlifting. Um,
2: I mean, I, I don't know, like. I I would assume so. My thing yes. is with all of the Olympic stuff is like, what is the, I guess the mission of the Olympics? Because at some point you have to just protect the sports that are yes. there instead of just trying to chase the yeah. entertainment value. I agree. I mean? Like, where it's like you have to have some baseline of like, you know, I would say I guess <laughs> honor or something. Like you have to honor some of the like Original, you want to keep or- it an athletic endeavor. You know, like. I agree that you, you are entertaining. I saw him entertain the idea of like, uh, like the video games, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, nah, like they have their own, like video games have their own stuff. Like they, and they make, you know, millions of dollars and stuff like that. So they already have their stuff. Yeah. I'm not saying I agree with their,
0: with their choice or their logic behind it, but I think that's the logic they're using. Um, at the same time, I think they're dumbing down and ruining the, the games, uh, because it's not about, like the Olympics I don't think has ever been about the viewership. Yeah. It's, but how do you remove, how do you remove these classic games? Like weightlifting's been in there for a long time. A decathlon. I don't know, they kicked out the pentathlon, I think it was. Like yeah. that shit was like, the Romans did that, or the Greeks. Like how are you gonna remove that? And like put in skateboarding. You <laughs> know, it's, yeah. you're, You're you're tarnishing the games itself, in my opinion. But um I wonder how
1: much of it is just viewership versus I think you're correct there isn't any these were the original games, so maybe we should keep these every year. Yeah. And then you get into is it really amateurs anymore when you know most of professionals are there? So I don't know how you could say it's a amateur event anymore either, which
0: is weird. Yeah, and that changed what? That mainly changed when they did the
2: basketball thing. Right. Yeah. Which
0: I never understood that. It's like.
2: Yeah. I honestly, I would say, like, just from a personal standpoint, I, I don't like team sports in the Olympics. Yeah. Like, I think, I mean, if I was, you know, chancellor of the Olympics, then it would just be pretty much individual sport. Yeah. And maybe the relays would be like the entertainment value stuff. And like, my, my opinion just kinda is like simplify it, like get rid of, like there's too much stuff going on. Yes. And there's like, like, you know, and I understand they want to make it like this big festival where they have every sport, but it's like, why not make it a big festival where you, you know, celebrate, you know, the simplest sports, you know? Yes. Um, but I also, and this, I think I'll pose this question after listening to you guys, is, is would you guys think that I guess across the world is physical culture in general, like just in decline or where, cause all these things that are coming in are more like games, right? Like not, not like the sport mm-hmm. aspect. It's more like a game that you would play. Um Like skateboarding, obviously would have to have, you know, you got judges who are, you know, watching whatever Uh versus, I mean, I always think that like the pure sports are, it's like right. Man versus man or, you know, yeah. Versus person versus whatever. Person. Yeah. Yeah. And you have, so like wrestling, right? It's here are the rules. It's you versus this person. You have like you versus gravity essentially, or like, mm-hmm. you know, like who's the best against gravity in terms yeah. of, um, like jumping, running, throwing, uh, weightlifting, you know, it's like, those are like a pure physical culture test, right? Mm-hmm. So across the across the globe and I don't know I only have an american perspective I see kind of other countries I think they kind of are a little bit more physical culture oriented but maybe not is you think it's in decline across the across the globe and that in the olympics are just a reflection of that I think it has been for a long time
0: in our lifetime at least yeah um that's evident by just go to any park in the united states when when i was a young kid under 12 or whatever like you'd go to a park and there would be kids playing pickup sports all the time. Um, constantly every day. And now you go past a park and it's empty besides the dude that's sitting under like the gazebo shooting up heroin. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's literally, I mean, it's true. Uh, it's, it's sad. I mean, uh, like I don't see kids out playing like we did. Uh, part of that's our fault but i mean it's just been on a steady decline for for a long time and how many people are involved in percentage wise are involved in in sports i think we have better athletes than ever now um for multiple reasons but there are less involved
2: that that is the crazy thing is like this i believe is i i agree with you in, in this sense you know the activity part and the the connection with physical culture that people have like How much, you know how much resistance I get for lifting stuff with kids here yet, you know, like just this complete disconnect from physical culture. Like Mm -hmm. let's protect our kids from everything kind of thing. But you look at, uh, like Lasha, right? So Mm -hmm. no, no one's ever done his numbers. Yeah. So the peak is much higher. It's almost like, uh, instead of like pyramid, you know, it's more like a tower, like it's straight up.
0: Yeah. The only people getting involved. There's a much more higher percentage of just freaks getting involved than there was before Uh because everybody used to do it. But, I mean, you look at that, and if I compare gym class, my physical education classes in elementary school now compared to the kids now, it's way different. Yeah, Uh you know, they're not... You didn't do any cub stacking? That no, no. <laughs> yeah, like, we literally did dangerous shit. Like, there was a rope in my elementary school gymnasium class that went to the yeah. ceiling, and okay, let's see who can climb it. That doesn't happen. You know, that's not happening at all. And, uh you know, we were... I remember we'd have at least, like, a week where okay, we're doing this sport. Everybody gets to try it. You know, they don't get that. They don't get this buffet of things that they get to try and see what they might enjoy. It's uh, it's all up to them. Like the, the kids playing are pushed into it then by their parents and stuff, because look at, look at say little league baseball. Now, um, the entry level, like there's not as many people doing it, but it's at a much, much more demand demanding level for young kids. Like it used to be like when I played little league baseball, it was, like, you paid the YMCA 20 bucks and you got a whole season. Now these kids are fricking thrust into competitive ball and traveling leagues. And right. that stuff didn't happen. You know, the, the price less the people, is crazy. Yeah, the price is crazy. Uh, there's less people doing it, but they're doing it at a higher level at a much younger age, the ones that are doing it. So.
1: Yeah, to me, it seems so <clears throat> weird and... Bipolar that it's like becomes this biphasic response where you on one side have oh there's no winners and losers and everyone gets a trophy and it just gets so watered down and then directly across from it in the same age group is like oh ultra super competitive you know mm-hmm. baseball for four and a half year olds yeah <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> how did we end up here a month. right like this what are you, you going to peak when you're seven you know yeah. I mean like. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it, just, it looks. It just seems like we have no foundational skills at all. Yes. And, I mean, you know, the Russians even showed that years ago that even if you want to have, you know, just freaks at the Olympics and let's throw out ethics and everything else, putting them in gymnastics and having them do, you know, just what we consider GPP stuff for years on end when they're kids, like, makes a huge difference, even mm-hmm. if you want them to be highly specialized. I think the yeah. only... Two sports they said were the exceptions to that were figure skating and gymnastics, I think, just because of body size was, was such a factor. Um, but even from a pure competitive standpoint, we're, we're still going about it backwards. Yeah.
2: So yeah. I guess, and this, this was a follow up question to me. And I, I mentioned a little bit, like if I was chancellor of the Olympics, like what would I do? As how, what would either of you guys do to, Change it to the, uh, I mean, even from a world standpoint in terms of participation, like an idealistic perspective, what, how would you set it up? Either from, like, from the base all the way up to the Olympics. Because mine, mine, honestly, I, I essentially my response at the time, it was just kind of an immediate response, was just like, I think, you know, P classes should go... Go into like really being like truly physical culture classes. Yeah, you have, um, games and stuff that you play, like you learn, you know, whatever sports are, but it's not just games. Like it's actually, you know, kind of like PT or physical Mm -hmm. training of some sort. Um, which honestly, it helps with, it helps with students too, like just being a student. Like you get better mental stuff, better focus, all kinds of good things come from like making your kids work hard and train hard yeah. uh, or just play, I guess, like, but like doing some kind of crossfit type stuff or whatever, not like full on crossfit, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And then the idea of not necessarily sports schools, but having places that get some support from, you know, what's qualified, you know, coaches and stuff like that. And then feeding into the, the bigger system of, the Olympics, which would then be simple, like eliminate all those team sports, get that shit out of there, like shooting guns. Like we don't need, like we win, all right? America's only like country. <laughs> like, like, we win all the guns sports. It. It's like, like, come on, man. Like we don't need all that stuff. Like silly stuff is out and more like it's physical stuff, right? You can add physical stuff, but no kind of games, I would say. You know, you you know it's called the Olympic games. And that yeah. that's well, yeah, that was kind of my professional
0: like draft like I mean from my understanding of the Olympics, it was basically all these countries coming together, bringing their best individual athletes, and let's see where they stack up. Oh, um, yeah. And that's where the purity of the sport came from, and I think that is that is neat. And it's it was usually very simple events. Um yeah, let's, let's see that, who can this, throw this shit the first. Yeah, like here's a rock, throw it. <laughs> you, know? um, you win you know, And that's the same thing as you go back to Scottish games And things like that Their roots are in very simple tests of strength Tests of physical culture And uh, They were also very sub- Subjective events Like now You start adding in skateboarding and things like that And who's to say You know That dude's triple McTwist is better than that dude's Whatever you know? <laughs> It really comes down to you know, your judges are comparing brass tacks, whereas like, okay, Usain Bolt ran a hundred meters faster than that guy. He wins. You know, it's plain. It's easy to see. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd love to see more of that, you know, or like you said, with weightlifting, it's literally comes down to who puts the most pounds over their head under a very confined set of rules. You know, it's simple. It's easily judged. You know,
2: you're the winner. You're not. I mean, there, are, <laughs> there are changes I would absolutely make to the sport, away that from an entertainment perspective, like you don't have to do a ton of crazy stuff to to make it different, but like the camera angles kill me in the Olympics. It's like yeah. you get the crotch shot or a vertical shot. It's like yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the gooch, <laughs> the gooch cam, and, and, and like the ver- it's like who decided on this camera? Like why? Okay. Why is it even here? Yeah. Uh simple stuff like that. But also instead of because you don't have like the it's like the stadium is always, it's like either you're down low or it's kind of like too big, mm-hmm. which is like a smaller stadium with like, vert, you know, the vertical seating, almost like the Coliseum, like very close yeah. and intimate. And then I, where it's like high, they're really are getting people closer to the action and, and it's somewhat exciting just based on the lifts. You got to get some of those stoic European people out of the game, you know, like have a DJ, you <laughs> know, <laughs> be playing some music, stuff like that. Like you can make yeah. it more entertaining and more fun, which if you go to American nationals and stuff like that, it is that now, like it's become much better. Yeah.
0: And that was the weird thing with weightlifting was like, cause I was introduced to weightlifting after powerlifting and like weightlifting meets were very much more like a, like you're going to a golf match. <laughs> it was very shirt and tie. And they tried to, they tried to keep this persona of the events. Shh, you know, be quiet. And so you go to powerlifting meet, and there's fucking metal blasting and dudes sniffing lines off hookers' butts. You know, I was like, this is badass. You know, this is this would make entertainment, Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely things they could do, but I do like the simplicity of the events, and those are the events that I, I like. Team sports, I did, but my problem with team sports was. Like I gravitated more towards individual sports, just because I knew there was no one to blame but me, and I like that. I love the purity of that like if I lose that's on me, you know I can't I have no one to blame but myself, and that's the same thing in the Olympics and in, in a lot of the events is like you know he just he got beat by the other dude or she got beat by the other girl, you know, and there's something pure about that it's
2: uh like you said that's where it gets messy with team sports and things like that but Yeah, I I honestly would just take the team sports out. Like, I think team sports, like, I think the Olympic Games, I mean, should have some essential clause about, like, kind of the purity of the sport, like, purity of the games, like, keeping the old school games, obviously, like, eliminating original sports, like, sports that were a part of, like, from the Greek, like, I think that's ridiculous, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think so, too. And, And. like, weightlifting in some fashion, like, there was, this, there's always a strength component, but weightlifting was a part of, like, some variation of weightlifting was a part of it, too, but, you know, obviously track and field. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like adding swimming, like, that's cool, you, you know, that kind of stuff, but the idea of, like, a team sport that's super predicated on not, like, per, like your performance or speed, but, like, technical skill, I just think there's a better time and place for it. Like Yeah. So... And it sucks that it's just, like, if there was a bunch of, you know, college kids who weren't getting paid, which doesn't exist now, so it's like that amateur stuff was crazy. It's like, we'd watch a bunch of, you know, high school and amateur basketball players play against, like, Michael Jordan, <laughs> like, Yeah, you know, but just in general, team sports, I don't think fit that old school, like, not even old school, but like that ancient dynamic of let's just see who's... The best at X. You know? At
0: the physical test, yeah. And that's, I think, I really think when you boil it down, it does come down to viewership. But then how do you argue for, like, I don't know, whatever that team water dancing is and shit. Like, you can't tell me there's a lot of people <laughs> logging in to watch that. They don't yeah. have billions of viewers worldwide. You know, there's 14 people watching that shit. <laughs> they, were all, they all did it at one point. Oh, yeah. You know? I mean, it's got to
2: be somewhat, you know... I mean, even thinking about skateboarding, like in our country, it's like kind of a grunge type sport it was. Yeah. Yeah. And it was never thought of as like a sport, right? Yeah. It was just kind of an activity. And none of our people can do well, are going to do well at skateboarding because drugs are not involved. Like Exactly. So <laughs> we are not the best at skateboarding. Like I don't think any Americans did that well at the skateboarding events this last one.
0: Well, no, because the good ones weren't allowed because they were all high. Yeah. <laughs> That's you know, it's just it's like, part you of just it. Just get
2: high and fuck around. Yes. So. Yeah.
0: And yeah, so we don't get our, send our good people because they can't pass a test. (laughs) Um, yeah, and then, then you get into that sticky situation. I can, I kind of understand why weightlifters get kicked out just because of their, their governing body and the shit show that's been. Oh, Uh, that's been a disaster. Yeah. So they shot (laughs) themselves in the foot there. They had a lot of warnings and they just didn't fix it.
2: But, uh, not only did they not fix it, they usually made it worse. The most, yeah. The most yeah.
0: And, uh, so I can understand that part, but, you know, at what point do you say it's 2022? These drugs have been around a long time, and yeah. we're not doing a good job at stopping them. Um, and just sweep it under the rug, and let's see who's the fucking strongest. You know? yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's see which teams are the strongest, uh, have the best athletes, and the best scientists. Let's go. <laughs> you know, it's country against country. Um, not like kind of the argument
1: something. for, like, a health passport? Like, do as much shit as you want as long as X, Y, and Z are not too far out of whack. And I'm sure people would find ways to get around that, too. But Yeah.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's You can't really even it out. Like, you guys only get to take 20 milligrams of Dianabol. You know, who's going to go out? You know, right. not going <laughs> to. Uh, that's not going to work either, but, uh, and that's where it would be an all or nothing type of thing. It's just like all in or, or not. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's a sticky situation. It's hard to make that judgment call uh, for everybody. You know, I can understand, I can understand where it's coming from, especially with the testing and things. It's supposed to be an amateur event and things like that, but. Uh,
2: <laughs> See how sad it sounds when you say that? I get it. To... Oh, I
0: know. I mean, that's like, I, <laughs> eh. it's like I've said it a hundred times. I've been to lots of powerlifting meets, and I've been to like regular powerlifting worlds, and I've been to drug tested powerlifting worlds. And what I always tell people is, like, going to drug tested powerlifting worlds is like going to watch porn on Cinemax. It's just not as exciting, <laughs> is it? You know, <laughs> uh, you know, and it's at the end of the day. If you want viewership, just let it all go. Like the people want to see freaks, yeah, uh, and they just always will. And we, even the general public, has become more attuned to the drug culture in physical sports. You know, they're not as, yeah, they're not as dumb about it, and they know it's happening. Like, if you don't think that NFL players and NBA players and stuff are, like, taking shit, you're an idiot. (laughs) You know, I mean, I've talked about it on the show before. I was helping an NBA player, and, like, he literally bought the rules for us to our test, to our meeting. And their rules as far as drug testing, once you're not a rookie, they have one day, once a year, where they can test them for drugs. And they know it a year ahead of time. <laughs> that in itself just shows you that the governing body is like... Clueless. Do it. Just be clean on Thursday the 14th. <laughs> right. then <laughs> so they can so claim that they drug test. Yes, then they can claim they drug <laughs> test and everybody passes. They're all clean. It's because they do it one day once a year. Um And then it makes everybody happy. You know, whatever. <laughs> but, yeah.
1: I, yeah, I think it's similar to almost the rules they put on race car driving, which I'm not, I don't know a ton about, but it seems like they're always <clears throat> going back and forth between we want to try to make it somewhat level, but people still kind of want to see car wrecks, but we don't want anyone to get hurt and yeah. they still want to see cars go around the track faster than what they did before.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, well, I mean, and at what point are we going to? just boil it down and come to the understanding that as long as we have type A personalities involved in sports and there's something they can do to get better, the athletes will do it. Yeah. It's just going to, it's just human nature. And you're not going to stop it. Um, Like they did that study with the Olympic weightlifters and like if they if they could, if we could give you something that guaranteed you a gold medal, but you would die in 10 years, like the resounding theme was they'd take it, um, because that was their goal in life. You know, that, that was their meaning in life. It was to I want that gold and I will do anything it takes to get there. And that's the mindset of a lot of athletes. Um,
1: well, especially as they're getting into <clears throat> performance bonuses and stuff, yeah, like tens of millions of dollars and it's, Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just it's gonna. I don't think we can stop it. You can only control it, and that's where. Again, we boil it back down to the Olympic weightlifting, and uh, like the biggest fault they made in in the Olympic sports was when they did that back testing bullshit, and then they told about it. They should have just sealed that envelope up and burnt it and never told anybody. (laughs) Use that internally. You know, use that information internally. Do not fucking let it out. Yeah, like find the
2: countries or, you know. Yeah,
0: and, you know, the minute they decided to let everybody know, and it just tarnished everything. Like, okay, the dude in 14th is now the gold medalist. (laughs) You know, that helped nobody, and it really hurt all the sports. Um, You know, you just keep that shit behind the screens, and you talk to them like, hey, guys, we busted you. You know, we got to fix this shit. Um, yeah, but yeah. Tour France did the same stuff.
1: thing a while ago. Yeah, we had to get to what the 14th place or something. <laughs> exactly,
0: it's just dumb. It's like, in my mind, like I said, it's always going to happen. You're always going to have people that bend the rules or break the rules. Fuck it. And uh, you know, the testing is always going to be behind the the use. So we we know that it's just going to happen. You know, as the minute you make a new test, you've got some crazy fucker in a lab creating something you can't test for. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to stop that. Uh, so if you passed under those rules of that day, you won. It's plain and simple, you know, because the chances of that your competition was doing it, too, is very fucking high. Yeah. You know, so it is an even playing field, essentially. You all cheated in the same amount.
1: so there's also i think a very weird thing when someone does test positive and does get caught because most people do not yeah that all of a sudden like the whole world inverts on them and like the public and everyone else oh how could you dare cheat how dare you it's like people maybe they don't understand i don't know but (laughs) it seems like a very Weird double standard of, yeah, we we sort of want to see more performance, but, oh, this person cheated, so you're a bad human being, and yes. you, we're done with you entirely.
0: Yeah, I mean, look at Lance Armstrong. Like, as yeah. far as I know, he never really got caught. He ended up just admitting it. Like, fuck that, I'm not telling you. Catch me. You know? Yeah. Or uh, even Ben Johnson is who I uh, think yes. of. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a... Uh, I don't know, man. That's, yeah. that's the problem. Uh, this whole topic has so many. There's not just one facet we need to face. There's there's drugs. There's you no know, <clears throat> internal fighting within the organization. There's the purity of the sports. There's there's a lot of things to jump through and figure out. But
1: Yeah. yeah. I think mean, you've got the argument, which I'm sure you guys can comment on this more than I can, that in the U.S. for at least Olympic weightlifting, probably a lot of people are more clean than compared to other countries. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. And now that's you've got own... everyone trying to play by the rules, and other countries don't care so much.
0: <laughs> no, and that's that's our own fault. That's right. USA's fault. Like, we're going to test our athletes all the time. And other countries are like, fuck that, man. We're giving them drugs. Yeah. <laughs> um, get on board, you know. If they're going to do that, even the playing field, you know. I mean, why are you screwing your own athletes? Uh, so... <laughs> And then you bitch because we don't win medals. I know. That's you can't hilarious, do that. too. Yeah, you can't do that. Like, we suck. I can't believe we can't win. Yeah, but look what you're doing. You're setting yourselves back. So, um yeah, that's where I stand on it. I think be, that's not a surprise to anybody listening. So <laughs>
1: No. And it's, I think it's also hard if you're an individual who ethically is trying to play by the rules Knowing that you're going to, especially I think of like wrestling or I think of like one-on-one sports where you probably have a really good idea that person across from you is not playing by the same rules you are, yeah. but you ethically feel like you have to, which I totally understand. That makes sense to me, but you know you have a disadvantage at the same time, yes. I and mean, that's just got to be ugh, so hard.
0: Yeah, like Lonnie <laughs> talked about that a ton with his bodybuilding. Yeah. Yeah, He just knew that the other guys, he's, I'm going to go do my best. And I know I'm going against guys that are on a lot more shit. Yeah. Uh, That's where I do like what powerlifting did with the tested and non-tested. Yes. They, at least you have an avenue. And that's like me as a coach. Um, you know, I have athletes in both and that's fine. My one rule is like, if you're going to do a tested meet, you're not going to be on shit. I'm yeah. not going to be that dude. You know, it's like why would you even I hate it when people go to tested meets and cheat it. It's like why? You can go next door. Yeah. You know, you have a place to compete. Um, you're just being a dick. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to go in and lie and say purposely lie when you have an avenue to you can go compete over there but you want to come here cuz you suck. And you're going <laughs> to beat these people and t- and say you're a fucking badass even though you won't compete on an even playing field. Yeah. So that's what we need right there. I just cured the problem. We need the fucking drugged Olympics and the non-drugged Olympics, and I <laughs> guarantee you, the non-drugged will not last that long. The viewership <laughs> no, will be so no. There's much viewership bigger. involved. Yeah. If it's yeah, the viewership will be so much bigger. So, I mean, I want to see, I want to see some chick that's like 250 pounds ripped, go out there and just <laughs> tear shit up. so yeah but well we went over guys that was fun i'm glad uh, i'm glad you lived through your your frog poison and yeah uh, all good so far yeah and hopefully you get out of costa rica within the next week i hope so if not,
1: tune in next week, Steve. I'm still here.
0: Yeah. I'll <laughs> be getting lots of work done. Like yeah. next week, he'll be putting out an ad for more clients. I got all this time. I need more clients.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought about that, but I'm, I'm working on Triphasic 2 with Caldeet, so yeah. hoping to get a rough version of that done sooner than later, and I've been off and on working on it for like seven years, so it's yeah, it's time. Now's the time.
2: Yeah.
0: All
2: right, gentlemen. All right, guys. Have a good one. Good
0: chatting. Take you care. Well. Bye-bye.